Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Two, set, So Iconics reached out to us on Twitter after seeing a teaser of Crescendo Conservatory's West Bottom performance of the Black Swan Ballet go viral. Uh, very, very cool. Mm -hmm. um, so the artistic director, Christina, actually reached out to us on Twitter and so kindly invited us to watch their second recording performance at Union Station here in Kansas City. So today we have the special honor to have Christina Valdez, the choreographer of this performance and art director of Crescendo Conservatory as a guest on the podcast. So on that note, welcome back Iconics. And if you're new to the podcast, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Yes. Yes. Welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. What a wonderful hour it is too. But disclaimer, this is an informative fangirl podcast. That means that we're going to fangirl, laugh, and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast though, so if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, watching the filming of this ballet, Solidified Black Swan is my favorite BTS song. Yes. Truly. <laughs> It's about time. <laughs> or it only seems right that Black Swan now has been performed on point. Absolutely. So if you're here for that, then you're in the right place. So as we were saying, we have Christina here as a guest on the podcast. Christina is the artistic owner and director of Christendo Conservatory, a dance and art collective school based out of Olathe, Kansas. Christina received her degree in dance from Texas Women's University and danced with the Denton Civic Ballet and the Festival Ballet of North Texas. She established her first dance studio in Dallas, Texas in 1996 and was an adjunct dance faculty at Collin County Community College for seven years, where she was the artistic director of the repertory community. Christina Valdez has been a dance educator for the past 32 years. So a very warm welcome to Christina. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's such an honor to have you here. Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, but before we get into today's episode, we want to say thank you, Icon for being here and for supporting us. If you'd like to support us even further and have access to our Google Docs full of episode notes, important links, and pictures, 
pictures. You can do that by donating monthly to our Patreon at patreon.com slash standingbts. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standingbtspodcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out bi-weekly episodes. Any type of support is super appreciated. Yes, thank you guys. Okay, so our charity of the month for the month of April, we're doing something that we've never done before, which is continuing our charity from March. We still want to show support for Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders who are receiving record numbers of hate against them. Um, So this month, we have chosen to support StopAAPIHate.org. From the website, they say, our communities stand united against racism. Hate against Asian American Pacific Islander communities has risen during the COVID-19 pandemic. Together, we can stop it. So please act now by going to StopAAPIHate.org slash act now to donate. Please join us this month of April and donate alongside us. Okay, so Christina, we would love to talk to you about how you first discovered and got into BTS. Um, Well, I first discovered BTS in January of 2020. My sister is a big BTS fan, and she sent me the link to the music video on. Um, My youngest child is in marching band. And she said, show this to your youngest child. She's going to absolutely love it. And I opened it up, and I was just amazed. I I love good big group pieces and large group formations. And just for the dancing, I was in. So I I absolutely adored it. And then they brought together marching bands with with pop music, and they did it beautifully. And it was so exciting to hear the brass and the way they sang. And I was amazed at um, how are they able to keep up the endurance for this, because I'm a dancer, so I know how difficult it is. How are they able to sing and dance? And once I, I started watching on, then I started listening more to Map of the Soul 7. Mm-hmm. And then um, shortly after that, Black Swan was released, and I was just hooked after that. And I started watching Run BTS, and in the soup during the pandemic. Uh, and um, there was just, a, there's a never ending uh, amount of content. Yeah, and definitely. And so it was, and the message I thought, as I teach teenagers, and the message of love yourself was so important. And it was just a message of positivity. And what is there not to like? It's all positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I found that I would watch their Run BTS episodes even without the English transi- translations. They just seem to interact and they just seem to be lovely people. Yeah. And so I, you know, sometimes I would just watch for the choreography. And then then I started taking an even deeper dive into, like, what are they saying? And looking at songs like Trivia Love and, okay, like, this is amazing. And so I just it just got deeper and deeper. And so I have a great appreciation for both their music, their choreography, for them as dancers, and just good people, good yeah. people. Yeah. Sending good things out in the world. I love that. It sounds like you really went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I did go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I think that's so great that you watched In the Soup too, because that was really their piece of like their pandemic content that they put out, and it was really re- reflective for them and for us. And and so uh, I love In the Soup. That's that's one of my favorite pieces of content. Absolutely. When things got so bad, I would just I would just watch In the Soup, and I didn't care if they didn't say anything. I just want to see them in the canoe. 
new. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a great lover of, of art, of visual art. So when they started painting, I'm like, RM is doing George Seurat. He was doing pointillism. And the fact that he even attempted to do it, and it did it so beautifully. I know. And let's not even talk about JKs. I mean, really, though? They're so <laughs> amazingly talented. And their interactions, when Sugar came in, he was so excited that the boys were just spontaneously making music. I really enjoyed it in the soup. Yeah. So it was just amazing content, and it was it was healing. And so, you know, and that wasn't even their music and their performing. Yeah, but it's just watching them interact authentically as genuinely humble people. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we love them. Yeah. And true artists. Yeah. True artists. Yeah. So we really want to know what inspired you to choreograph a ballet performance for Black Swan. Um, It's really been quite the journey that's intertwined with COVID. Um, when Black Swan first came out, it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was February. Mm-hmm. So I had just discovered On, and quite honestly, I was really motivated to choreograph a ballet to On, which I still haven't put away that idea, because it's a crazy idea, and I love crazy ideas. But then Black Swan came out, and as soon as I heard the orchestrated version of it, I'm like, oh, that's Bourrées, and Bourrées are what they, we do on point. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is, this is going to be a ballet. And I um, I, I, I knew of the army and I thought, okay, the army is going to go crazy. I can't wait to see how many ballerinas are going to choreograph to Black Swan. Um, and then the pandemic became prevalent. And I continued to search on the internet. I'm like, okay, who's going to be the first one? Who's going to be the first one? And it's not necessarily who was the first one, but how are we going to interpret this and say something? Because it was a piece of music and it's specifically for me, the orchestrated piece of music that was dying for some choreography, for ballet ballet because it, it was it was just absolutely stunning and I love I love the contemporary art film that they did and that was absolutely beautiful and what they said with that and then when I saw the music video um, where the boys were performing amazing visuals amazing choreography the message they were saying 14 things all at once um, the shadows on the ceiling the shadows behind them it, they had so much to say and of course it resonated it started out with the Martha Graham quote a dancer dies twice and the first death is more painful. And as March hit and everything shut down, um, I had to come to terms with, uh, I was at the end of the lease for my dance studio. So I had to decide whether or not I was going to keep my studio open. And I thought about Black Swan over and over again, not just as, as a music video, but it, it, it spoke to me. Their message is losing your passion. And if you no longer have what brings you passion, you know, who are you? Mm-hmm. So I would take walks with my husband, and I would think, die my first death, die my first death. Am I ready to die my first death? And in the end, I, that was one of the motivating factors for me to go, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to die my first death. And so once I decided to keep the studio open, um, once I had a, a, the moment to take a breath, I said I, one of many reasons why I chose to choreograph to Black Swan is because it really was a factor to help me keep going and keep my passion going in the middle of the pandemic. Well, I think that's really beautiful because Black Swan lyrically itself deals with the concept of losing one's passion and what you do if you lose one's passion. Um, And so it's really inspiring that this song, you know, allowed you to keep your passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I started to take the deep dive into like all the analysis of Black Swan 
And I, from what I understood a little bit of what, what BTS released is that it was like maybe they were getting burnt out and losing that passion for music. But during in the middle of COVID, when I saw so many, at least in my profession, ballet dancers, so many teachers, so many dancers not able to do what brought them passion because we have to eat. Because you can no longer make money. I mean, Broadway is closed. We can no longer make money. We can no longer do the thing that brings us passion. So in, in a way, it resonated with me in a different way in that if we no longer have the opportunity to, to do the thing that brings us passion, um, we're going to die our first death. Yeah. yeah. So it just continued to help me stay focused to keep fighting. And I knew that once I had the opportunity, I was going to choreograph the ballet. Wow. wow. Yeah. Especially with this pandemic, the entertainment industry, the performing arts industry, everything, um, anyone who's working in that industry or is passionate about the industry, everything came to a complete stop, especially for them because you, you know, it's gathering of people who you perform for. Right. Um, and BTS has really come across that with their concert. They had a whole tour planned, um, you know, internationally, all around the world for this coming year for, I mean, for this past year for 2020. And all of that's been postponed. So I can't imagine for, uh, you know, Crescendo Conservatory and everything you had to overcome with that. Yeah. My, my sister had tickets to the Chicago show. And um, then I saw when, I guess, RM did a, a V Live where he was, he was like, yeah, we're going to have to cancel. And at the same time, I was canceling our performances. Oh, so I was yeah. like, I feel you. I feel you. Mm -hmm. I completely, I mean, of course, ours is like a grain of sand compared to what they were going to do. But I, I, I felt you. There was a mutual understanding of, of not being able to be on the stage and then, you know, having to struggle to say, okay, now what do we do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned how the Martha Graham quote, a dancer dies twice once when they stop dancing and the first death is more painful. Um, you mentioned how how that influenced you and your decision to choreograph this ballet. Um, but how did it ultimately influence the performance and your dancers? Um, so it, it's kind of, again, intertwined with our COVID story. And by, we had to move in the middle of the pandemic. And I decided I'm not going to die the first death. I'm going to see if my dancers will follow me. So I had to, I had to decide either I'm going to close the business and, and not move in the middle of a pandemic, or we're going to try to stay open. So we basically had a state of the union, and we told everyone in the school, this is our situation. If I cannot give you any performing opportunities, no Nutcracker, no, no spring shows, will you still continue to train? Because I have a performing arts industry-based school. Will you continue to still train? And they said yes. And because they said yes, I thought, Okay, we're we're gonna do this, and so then my dancers became motivated not to die their first death. Wow! wow. And so then my dancers, they all, the parents helped us move. Sorry, I get emotional. Yeah, oh, yeah. The parents helped us move, and I let the kids. Um, we all painted motivational squares, socially distanced, and so the interior of the studio is now painted with like light at the end of the tunnel. Don't die your first death, and and so we kept on telling each other that we can do this. Um, so once we got through and I said no performances and the day after we moved, um, I said, forget that. And I cast Nutcracker. And so we did a virtual Nutcracker. And the day after we were done with Nutcracker, we went out and we started scouting locations for Black Swan. That's wow, incredible. Wow. 
So you really, with the pandemic, you really found new and creative ways to overcome, you know, all the COVID-19 restrictions. Um, A lot of what BTS has done. Uh, 2020 was a huge year for them and their music. And, you know, they found new and creative ways. So I think it's just so great that you also did that. You you are just so motivated and so passionate about what you do. Um, So I'm curious, too, with, with the pandemic and your performance for Black Swan Ballet, it, what were some things that you did to overcome some of those restrictions and to to continue to have the conservatory open and some maybe some safety precautions that you took with COVID? Yeah, we so when we had the stay at home order, we immediately shut down everything, and I went into a coma for a week, and then I I discovered what the word Zoom meant, and <laughs> I thought that Zoom was the noise a car made. Um, and so we, we started Zooming, and that did not prove to be, uh, especially for dancers, Zooming class did not work out. And so I, I, I've always thought about this pandemic as, as one of my parents described me as an infinite thinker, is like, we just pivot. Okay, there, here's an obstacle, we just pivot. So after, um, after being on Zoom for a little bit, then we, um, I started creating protocols and started researching. And I am, I am um, a hypervigilant type person about, about um, health and so I was not going to bring back my kids and have them get sick. So I slowly started bringing one class back at a time. And I started with the oldest dancers who I knew would be able to follow the rules. And I said, you're the role models. Now you set the example. And we would bring another class back. You're the role models. Now you set the example. And I just brought back one class at a time until we were, we're not at 100%, but we're definitely at... At a, at a place where everyone who's at the school now understands the protocols and follow the rules. And if I say we're going to wear masks outside, no one questions it. And if I say that we're going to social distance, we're going to social distance. So we, we, have ex, we have really strong COVID protocols. And, you know, nothing is 100%, but we have not had to shut down since we opened up. Wow, that is an incredible accomplishment. Way to go. Um, can you tell us about your creative process? You know, you've already kind of told us how you decided to do this and how you landed on it. Um, but we really want to know, like from first conceptualizing the idea of creating this ballet into beginning to working on it and ultimately executing it. We really want to know your whole creative process from start Mm -hmm. to finish. Yeah. Um, so as soon as we were done with Nutcracker, I, I'm going to choreograph to BTS and, and you know, there's... Um, there is, for some of us in the ballet world, there's a strict definition for ballet. And I actually knew that I was taking somewhat of a risk choreographing to BTS as Black Swan. The biggest question for me is, why am I the only person that did it? Why aren't there 1,500 others? And so I thought, well, I, I, fine, I'll be the first, and then everybody else pay homage to this wonderful piece of music. And so I wanted to make sure that I paid respect to it, in the way that it deserved. So I watched the music video a hundred times and um, I started to go through the translation of the Korean into English. So I I created vision boards like Pinterest, but like grandma version. So I had my real life in front of of me. And I still have them in my office because I have an emotional attachment to them. And even though we've already choreographed it, I, I can't take them down yet. Can you please send us pictures because we yeah, would love we to share to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so so I, I started creating vision boards and I had to color code. So the first color was the Korean lyrics into the English lyrics because it was very important to me to know what they were saying because what they're saying is very deep and meaningful. 
And then the second thing that I color-coded was the hip-hop choreography from the music video. So then it was a different color of the hip-hop choreography. And where were we when they were saying something? What were we doing in the choreography? We're in the chorus, and what were their formations? And then the third layer was Swan Lake. And so I did want to pay homage, just as, as they were doing, paying homage to Swan Lake. So where could I intersperse Swan Lake within the BTS choreography for Black Swan? So then when I started to choreograph, I had three different layers. I had my soloists, I had my corps de ballet, which are the younger dancers, and then I had the swans, which are the more advanced dancers. And they had to complement each other. So I would... I would Take and I would do a nod to like Jimin's solo at the opening, or I would do a nod to formation. So I was not only trying to replicate um, what they would do maybe formation-wise, but I was also trying to replicate their musicality. So a lot in the chorus, it's da 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 four and five, da 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 eight and one. So maybe we weren't copying what they were doing like physically, we were copying where they accented the music. Mm -hmm. And so that was another thing that was really important to me. So I I had to make sure that everything worked out on the vision boards. And then I'm like, okay, well, I want to look at V's beautiful face here. And so we would, the image (laughs) of the opening would be here. Or that's when, that's when Jin turned around and looked in the mirror. So can we have that moment there? Um, And in addition to that, how could I have my own artistic intention? And my artistic intention being, during COVID, how can we as performing artists not die our first death? So that's the opening and the closing for me. So I had to bring that all together. And it took me about, I had no Christmas. As soon as we were done with Nutcracker, I went in and created my vision boards. And it was about eight hours a day. I would just go into the studio with papers everywhere. And I would, you know, reconfigure. And two weeks, eight hours a day, I finally got it done. Wow. 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 That's incredible. So detailed and so intricate. I'm curious about how you went about going and teaching your students the choreography. What was your process for that? Well, for me, one thing was, you know, know, we're a business struggling to survive during the global pandemic. And I am a ballet studio. And I would be doing something very new. Um, But my students are fairly familiar with that. I... I swim. I, I swim against the tide. Whatever that. Yes. <laughs> swim upstream. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't go with what people say should be done. And if if someone says that this is what ballet is, I'm like, you're not going to define me. I, you know, I think that BTS's Black Swan is an exquisite piece of music, and I want to choreograph to it. And and so um, I gave my dancers an hour. A long PowerPoint presentation. An hour long. Hour long PowerPoint presentation on the artistry of BTS. And so the very first thing that popped up was the Time Magazine cover. And I said, ladies, we are going to choreograph to Black Swan. And um, and we're going to choreograph to BTS's Black Swan. We're not going to do Swan Lake. We're going to do... BTS is Black Swan. Here's my vision. Everyone be quiet and listen. And they started laughing at me. I'm, I'm like, this is who BTS is. And they're like, we're teenagers, Miss Christina. Of course we know who BTS yeah. is. <laughs> um, but I started taking it from the artistic side of things. And I stumbled upon Connect BTS. And I'm like, look at what BTS is doing. They are bringing together pop music with visual artists. And they're creating that bridge. And they dare to create that bridge. And they don't just dare to create that bridge. They do it beautifully they're creating art they're creating bridges and they're saying respect everybody while they're doing it that is a wonderful thing for all artists around the world this is a good thing ladies um not only that i talked about um arts reimagined 
So Arts Reimagined is like what Matthew Bourne did with Swan Lake. He took traditional Swan Lake and he cast it in an all-male corps de ballet. Well, wow, and it's been celebrated. He dared to touch Swan Lake, and it was celebrated. And I think that's exactly what BTS did with Black Swan. They dared to merge pop music with Swan Lake, and it was beautiful yeah. and exquisite and should be celebrated on the same level. Yeah. So we talk about arts reimagined. Um, I talked about you know someone else who did this is an American artist named Kahindi Wiley. And Kahindi Wiley painted the, the official portrait, portrait for um, former president President Barack Obama. And what he took was the, the genre of portrait artistry from way back when, and he made it relevant for today. And he is a celebrated, very famous, famous portrait artist right now. Well, that's what BTS did. They took something from the past, and they reimagined it, and they made it relevant today. And guess what? They brought it to the army. They brought yeah. it to the army. 40 million people, probably more. 40 million people saw Black Swan and then started talking about Swan Lake. And I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerized by what the army is now doing and how good they are. Because then the army started talking about ballet. So me as a ballet instructor, I just started lurking on Twitter and saying, okay, what are people saying about Black Swan and Swan Lake? And the army was educating younger army about Swan Lake. Fantastic. Yeah. And then I started seeing young army saying, I want to go back to the ba ballet studio. Fantastic. So I told my dancers, look at all this goodness that BTS is bringing to just ballet. So based on that, ladies, we're going to do Swan. We're going to do BTS's Black Swan. Let's go. Wow. And they were probably fully in. They were yeah. all in. Yeah. yeah, they were very excited, and um, it was it was a process. Yeah. I love this idea of art reimagined. Going back to what you said, something you said earlier about how uh, you are just curious why no one has done a ballet performance of Black Swan yet, and that you think that um, maybe it's not traditional ballet or what other people think of as ballet. But in you know, in for you, you saw this opportunity and said. Now, this is how I see ba ballet. Right. I see ballet in this. So I'm going to create a black swan performance, a, a ballet for it. Um, incredible. That's an innovative mind yes, right there. Yes. I mean, completely. I think that, um, you know, I didn't come to dance until later in life. And so, like, you know, people say that this is what ballet and this is what ballet needs to be. And, 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 and pay homage to, to the traditional ballet exquisite, gorgeous. I absolutely adore it. Uh, you know, the lines are beautiful, but and I actually really love the rap side of BTS. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I actually have a very aggressive side of me. And so <laughs> I actually adore, you know, when, um, when Map of the Soul first came out, I was addicted to Persona. So I would, I would run the business during the day and then I would teach for about four or five hours and then I would COVID clean. And so while I would COVID clean, I would cry and I would play Persona like as loud as I could. And I would attempt to rap with RM and I just absolutely loved it and it was aggressive. So then I started listening to Joke and then I started wow. listening to Dechita. And so I would play yes. all of those. <laughs> I'd play all of those and it was just cathartic and made me feel good. But I love RM's lyrics in Joke. Let me see if I can say this right. I'm not pop. I'm not rock. I'm not funk. I'm not hip hop. I'm not R&B. I will not be defined. You know, I'm mm -hmm. going to do me. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to do yeah. me. And that's what I'm trying to teach my dancers, too, is let's listen to BTS. You do you. And let people criticize you. Who cares? Who cares? You do you. And so that's why I did Black Swan, too. I'm trying to be a role model for my dancers to say, don't be constrained what people say what is or is not art. 
Because look, we're going to try to do something. And if we just make one person in the world happy with what we did, then we did a good thing. Wow. Wow. Full body chills. You're just quoting Namjoon to me. I'm like, oh my goodness. You're just, you're such an inspirational woman. And we were, you know, blown away being able to go behind the scenes and watch the filming of um, your performance at Union Station. And I remember it was not lost on us that the day that you were filming was also International Women's Day. Oh, I didn't realize that. You didn't know that? Yeah. I was sitting there. I am such a huge fan feminist and proponent of you know women's rights and progress in society and it was not lost on me that I got to on International Women's Day sit there and watch this you know this badass woman (laughs) just completely take control I mean you instructed the dancers to do something instantaneously they did it because they had full trust in you and your direction and you mentioned earlier I forget what you said the parent called your your mind but your your ability to pivot Um, was incredible. I mean, these, you know, wrenches would get thrown at you the whole, that whole, um, the whole three hours of filming, you know, the, the lighting was wrong or a train was coming Mm -hmm. or just anything, but you were able to just exude this positive energy. You, I mean, talk about rolling with the punches. You're like the epitome of being able to do that. It was incredible to be able to watch. Yeah. Um, It was really amazing to watch. We were really blown away with how well the dancers responded to you and not only you instructing them, but also, uh, the way you motivated them and created this positive energy despite all these things that weren't ideal that were happening yeah and how you were thinking about them too you were like well they've been they've had school all day they're tired and whatever so it was like you knew innately as a teacher as their leader you had to be their positivity you had to be that solid rock no matter what goes on because then they were unwavering in what they needed to do um and you know we previously talked I'm a teacher myself and so and I teach Spanish and I'm very passionate for the language and for you know all of the different cultures wrapped up in you know Hispanic culture um, and what I really enjoyed about this whole process was seeing your passion um, not just for the music not just for the choreography but as a teacher for your students um, so you know we were just interested as to where all of that passion comes from to really be that incredible teacher that you are mm-hmm. I I just really like art and I just really um, care about my students. I, I'm a mom, mm. you know. I'm a mom, and you know, I, I recently had a, a, a conversation with one of my kids and one of my students. And you know, I whenever we have conflicts or something, I'm like, look, like let's sit down and let's talk this out because you know, before anything else, I'm a mom, and I care whether or not you're injured, and I care about you as a person. And you know, this pandemic has been so challenging because. You know, teaching, deciding to go on was the the only factor. It wasn't just the factor of keeping them dancing. It was also their mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, we we were Zooming and they would only, I would only see their feet. And I would joke for them, joke with them once we were back in the studio. I would say, you know, ladies, I would teach you. I would lie down and cry and I would stand up and teach another class. And they're like, Miss Christina, the only reason you saw our feet is because we were crying while we were dancing. And so I knew that there was a psychological element to getting them out of the studio. And there's a psychological element to 
to choreographing Black Swan because all of a sudden they were interested and motivated to dance again. And they had a big project to work on. And when we were at West Bonhams and we created that moment, I have eight seniors, and we created that moment, I'm like, I know I may not have been able to give you the nutcracker you wanted. And I know I may not have been able to give you the recital that you wanted, but I'm giving you this moment. Mm -hmm. And maybe, just maybe, maybe the Army's going to like it. And, and maybe, just maybe, there's going to be 10 people that say, good job, girls. Yeah. And if we can create that moment for you seniors, then maybe we did something good. You kept them from dying their first death. Like what you did, your devotion to them as their teacher and as someone who just genuinely loves and cares about them, your drive to continue through every adversity that the pandemic threw at you. Um, you know, you made these girls lifelong memories and, you know, you impacted them in such a way that they're going to carry with them forever. And kept them inspired and motivated. Yeah. 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 yeah truly incredible. So while watching the, the full performance when we were there, we noticed the extreme attention to detail and the clear references to BTS and their Black Swan video and performance. So can you tell us more about specific parts of the choreography or performance that you and intentionally wanted to showcase BTS. Do you mind if I start with, with costuming? Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the costume is a, is d- definitely directly inspired by JK's outfit for Jimmy Fallon performance. And so he was wearing that black lace shirt. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I didn't want the dancers in pancake tutus, the flat tutus. We're not Swan Lake. We're, we're, we're dancing to BTS's Black Swan. So I, we, we had, I ordered this beautiful black lace leotard that for, is, is made in Brazil in the middle of a global pandemic. So I was on the phone quite a bit crying with them going, no, you don't understand. I, you have to get it on the shipping container. It has to arrive in time for us to film. So it came in just in time. And um, then we had the black long romantic tutus. And then we, I, I went to a thrift store and I found this huge piece of fabric that was a, a deal. And we cut it up into 50 pieces and we created feathers, black feathers for their wow. headpiece. And then I asked all the dancers to put their own individual button onto it. So like a nod, more sparkle. Because on occasion, the boys have a little bit of sparkle. So we were inspired by the yeah. sparkle. Um, so each of, the, each of the girls had their own signature on their headpiece. But then I, I remember thinking that when I choreographed Bucks, when I want to give a nod to their costuming, and I love how they have individual looks, but they're cohesive. So it's aesthetically pleasing. Every single time they would do it over and over again, new looks, but still cohesive. And I wanted to do the same thing. In, in ballet, it's, it's very much repetitive and looking like the same person, but I didn't want to do that. So each, each dancer had her own jewelry. So everyone was required to wear their own jewelry, their own earrings. And sometimes it was just a black ribbon, or sometimes it was very ornate. And I love that they were different. And I don't know if you can even tell in the music video, but we knew. And so it, it meant something to them. Yeah. Um, I can go through the choreography if you want to. But please do yes, tell us please. everything that you know. All of the different facets, um, you know, where your choreography was influenced by BTS's choreography from the, from the video, and even um, the influence from uh, from Swan Lake. Um, so I, I can literally dance it in my head now. But we we open up when we open up. It, it's an image of an empty stage, and that stage is uh, there's one light, and that light is called a ghost light. And it's common knowledge within the theater community that when no one is on the stage, you turn on the light. And that, um, that light will stay on for, until the next time someone comes onto the stage. Well, because of the pandemic, 
the light has been on for a year or more. And so I wanted to, I'm saying something with just that ghost light saying, we haven't been on the stage for a long time. And then we start with the Martha Graham quote that a dancer dies twice and the first death is more painful. Is that, you know, we are all as performing artists fighting against the shadows, fighting against the darkness and trying, trying to stay alive and trying, trying to do the thing that brings us passion. So then I cut to um, my dancer in the veil. And we had a really limited budget, and so we were not able to play with shadows on the ceiling. And I thought, how am I going to, um, how am I going to depict the shadow? I have a group of international friends, so I said, okay, international friends, um, if, I, if I put my dancer in a veil, would it be at all offensive to anyone throughout the world? I didn't know what it may say to other cultures, and I wanted to make sure it wasn't offensive. And I got positive feedback, so I said, okay, we'll go with that. So the first dancer has on her shadow, and then we cut to outside. And you see 47 dancers, 47 dancers outside. And um, we, the first homage is to Swan Lake. It's the Porta Bra from Swan Lake on the da-da-da-da-da, on the orchestration. And then, then we go straight into BTS's um, choreography, where they do the wrist circles and they hit on certain counts. Um, straight from there, we go into Jimin's solo from the opening of the music video. Jimin does a fan kick that goes around, and he does a turning leap, a grand chetain tournant. And so my soloist in the middle is doing the same thing that Jimin was doing. After that, we go into the V, um, and the V has seven dancers. And so whenever I had smaller groups, I wanted to make sure that I had seven dancers, which is just... You know, seven dancers of BTS. I'm gonna have seven dancers here, and we're really focusing on the phrasing, the musicality of BTS. It's the chorus, so we're emphasizing four and five, da 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 da, da eight and one. And then in the music video, Jimin does a double pirouette, a double turn, and drops to the floor. So my dancers on point at West Bottoms do a double turn and they drop to the floor at the same time that they would in the music video. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, it was so impactful. I remember seeing that part. Um, after that, I go back to Swan Lake. So my dancers run in into a circle, and that circle, the choreography that they do in the circle is exactly what they do, what did the entrance of the swans in Act One of Swan Lake was. And I also noticed that when um, the different performances, especially MMA, they were doing Swan Lake. They were they were definitely nodding to Swan Lake. So I was doing the same thing. We did Swan Lake, and then I in in the middle I have my soloist, and then she starts to go into some of V's choreography. The only thing I could pull from the hip hop choreography is she takes that her wrists together and she twists them and she falls. She brings them down. That's exact the exact same time that V did the same thing in the hip hop choreography. Um, after that is corps de ballet, and it's J Hope when J Hope does his his rap. And in the performances, um, the rest of BTS were two lines and they were going in opposition. So I have my dancers going in opposition in the same way that BTS was going in opposition. And then BTS runs off on count one and on count three. And so my dancers leave on count one and count three. So we're, we're again, pulling from the musicality of their choreography, not necessarily the exact same thing that they did. Um, after that is Sugar's Rap. And so I have a soloist, and I go back into Swan Lake. So it goes into the chorus again. So after Sugar's Rap, my soloist comes forward, and then all of the ladies come behind her in a V. And using Swan Lake choreography, I used BTS's Black Swan musicality. And so we're doing Swan Lake choreography, but emphasizing four and five, da-da-da-da-da-da, eight and one. So we're emphasizing the music of BTS with Swan Lake choreography. Wow, beautiful. Um, 
<laughs> After that is my one of my favorite parts was I called the Jim and Diagonal, and so you know we actually know the choreography. When I talk to my dancers, I'm like Jim and Diagonal, let's go, hurry up, <laughs> so, or J Hope, here we have a square, here we go. Yeah. Um, so it goes into the Jim and Diagonal, and so I, that was just very easy to replicate, yeah. and, and and exciting for me as a choreographer to interpret what they were doing into ballet. I, I, I honestly thought, well, this is so easy. <laughs> everyone's going to think to do this. I'm not doing anything unique. Um, but I put the, the ladies in a diagonal, and my solos came down the diagonal exactly at the same time um, as when Jimin did. Um, and then and then the music changes a little bit in the orchestration. There's two extra counts of eight. So there's a really um, impactful orchestration and then a drum beat. And I pull from Swan Lake choreography again, and I actually um, looked at many different versions, a little bit more contemporary versions of, of, of Swan Lake, and I have all my dancers and then the corps de ballet drop at the same time as another dancer comes up and holds the attitude on point. Um, and then we go to the ending where we bring all 47 dancers back, and we're doing both Swan Lake and BTS choreography at the same time, but the very end is pure BTS choreography. And they were not... The one thing that really amazed me about BTS and the way that they dance, and all seven of them dance amazing, all seven of them. And let me digress. Just yes. Yes. This is, all this is seven coming of them. from a, <laughs> I mean, a ballet instructor who's been I dancing this, and I'm teaching. I'm going to say this loud and strong. All seven of them dance amazing <laughs> yeah. because their choreography is amazingly difficult. And when I was even trying to interpret, interpret their hip-hop choreography, they were like doing six count, six movements on one count. Crazy. All seven of them dance amazingly. And when my sister first sent me, you know, I started doing the deep dive. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit and watch them as dancers. If they never sang, if they never wrote music, if there was never an in the soup, I would do the deep dive for the choreography and for them dancing alone. And as a, as, as a ballet instructor and a dance instructor, I'm like, okay, like where, where's the strength and where's, where's the struggle? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I think they're all amazing, and that was that was a thrill for me. And and then to find out that not all of them came to dance, that they all weren't, you know, trained dancers from the beginning, was another level of respect for what they do. Um, but I digress. No, can you tell, like, from your dancing perspective and background, like who was classically trained as a dancer? Not initially, no. I, I think that I think that they're so incredibly cohesive and well rehearsed. Good job, J Hope. They're so incredibly well rehearsed, and I love the little snippets that you can find on YouTube where he is, you know, the dance master, and he's like, "Yeah, you got to fill in that hole here." I'm like, "Amen." I understand <laughs> what you're doing. Like, exactly, but like they are so well rehearsed, and you know, like my sister, for as a gift, she's coming. I haven't seen her in a year, and she is bringing all of her BTS stuff. Oh. Oh and we're going to sit down and we're going to just go through all the concerts together. And so I'm so excited to do that with her. That's going to be a celebration for us. But um, I, I digress. I, I just love to see them dance and perform. And their level of performance and their qualitative movement is amazing. So sometimes as, as novice dancers, you don't have the qualitative movement. And for, for the dancers in BTS that didn't come to it trained for them to be able to acquire that in such a short period of time yeah seven periods is a sh seven years is a short period of time for a dancer and to be able to do that is is just well done mm -hmm. 
well done. I just, going back to the choreography, I, uh, I want to talk about that gym and diagonal because when we saw it for the first time, when we were there at Union Station watching, uh, Kayla and I both turned Freaked to each out. other. I mean, cause it's so, it's so obvious that, yeah. you know, this is Jimin's part and you had that, that single dancer come yeah. down like Jimin does. Um, but later on when that dancer was doing that, you said, I think you said something along the lines of, oh, you're dancing Jimin's part. Be sassy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we just, I mean, we just cracked up at that. We thought that was so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's the end of the choreography. We, we do the wrist circle. We do exactly what they do. I had my dancers actually look at their music video. I'm like, look at how they move qualitatively at the end. That's what you need to do. So we were learning from them in terms of how they were. And, and, and you know, their portabrat, gorgeous. Oh, ah. Um, and, and we drop down and then we have what we have to say at the end. But that that's the dance. Wow. Yeah. I absolutely love hearing it like with all of the terminology mm-hmm. and just knowing. And I want, you know, iconics who are listening, like pause this podcast. Now that you've gotten Christina's full walkthrough of the choreography, go rewatch her video again and then come back for yeah. the rest of the interview. Every piece of choreography is so well thought out. Everything is extremely detailed. You've put so much thought and care into it. Um, it's definitely an homage to BTS. We see that you fully respect BTS and it really shows in in your performance definitely so since you put out the the video and now that ARMY has seen it how did ARMY respond uh, to this full Black Swan ballet Uh, because we know that there's a lot of armies out there who are dancers yeah and a lot of them gain inspiration for dancing through BTS and we just want to know uh, what ARMY has said to you in response. When we, I first put out the tweet, the teaser, um, we had just finished filming at Black Swan. I didn't think it would get that much of attention and um, it got a lot of attention (laughs) and, and, and I hadn't finished filming yet. Um, so, and that's how I came to know you. And so I, I thought, oh no, the pressure, uh, I didn't really expect anyone to care. (laughs) And so we, we finished filming the music video and we released it right after the Grammys and I released it on Monday and I wasn't ready to release it on Monday. Um, I stayed with my editor. We worked day and night for many days because I naively thought that they were going to win. And I naively expected them to win. And so when I saw that they didn't win, I called my sister and I said some bad words. Um, but then I expected to release Black Swan in celebration, in paying homage, artists being celebrated. And I thought, and instead they didn't win. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm just one little person, one grain of sand, and nothing in Kansas City. But but I think that the Army is hurting right now. And I think that the Army needs to hear that, that Americans do respect their artistry. And because of that, we, we sped up the editing and we released it on Monday morning instead. And it was my, my little way of saying, you know what, you're loved here too. Wow. So, um, I, I, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, two people saw it here in Kansas city in the heart of Kansas city, you're loved too. And this is how we're going to show our respect. So I released it on Monday, and we got we got some attention, and Twitter started talking about it, and it was lovely. And we got just being able to understand just one little portion of what the Army does. It's all altruism in the name of the boys. It just It's like waves of goodness that spread throughout the world. And so I've received so many comments like, you know, 
On behalf of the Indian Army, we would like to say thank you. On behalf of the Argentinian Army, we would like to say thank you. Country after country after country, it's just saying thank you to us. I'm like, why are you thanking us? It, it, th thank you for the thank yous, first of all. But, um, you know, we, we're just paying respect to something that deserves respect. Um, there was one, a couple of really heartfelt comments. One lady said, um, I am on my second day of, lock of my third lockdown in Paris. And I woke up to this music video, and it brought me some joy. I love BTS. Mm. And I thought, you know what? Okay, if we did it just for that, it was worth it. Um, you know, people saying that it's helping them a little bit through the pandemic and, and reminding them why they love BTS's Black, Black Swan so much, um, fantastic. You know, a, a lot of comments from BTS Army that are ballet dancers that said that they were hoping that there would be a ballet choreographed to it and that they liked it, you know, that means a lot. Yeah. So it's it's been the 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 response and the comments have been overwhelming and I have been keeping an eye on every single comments and we're at 2100 right now on 20, 2800 wow. right now on and so I try to at least keep an eye on them and and like a lot of people are complain are like my English isn't good I'm like baby your English is amazing you speak two languages good for you you know <laughs> so it, the, the response has been overwhelming and uh, you know if if only 10 people saw our video I would be okay with it but we've been receiving a lot of love from the army and we're very appreciative how many people have seen it today as of recording this episode over 150,000 views wow. on, on the music video. Wow, that's massive. Yeah, it is massive. And, you know, I, I honestly thought, you know, if we, if we, can, if we can hit 1,000, that would be lovely. <laughs> and, and here you are, 150,000. 150,000 for our just little, our little thing that we did here in Kansas City. Because what you've done has resonated with people. I mean, you've been speaking to it, but you're wondering why people are thanking you. And it's because, I mean, you love BTS Everyone, I mean, who's watching this video around the world, we love BTS and we are, you know, brought through hard times with BTS. We're impassioned um, by BTS. And so you were able to remind people through this. Um, and you also asked, like, why hasn't anyone else done this yet? Why, you know, why am I the first one to do it? And I think some of that is contributing to the pandemic and people just not having the opportunity to do it and you being tenacious enough to make it work no matter what. Um, but also, you know, maybe you're the person who's meant to do this and yeah. the first person meant to bring yep. this, you know, this beautiful, um, music into ballet um and obviously everyone who's watched it agrees they love it yeah yeah, yeah. everyone really loves it we love it I remember seeing it on Monday when we were still I don't know if grieving is too strong of a word but after being so grieving the Grammys for sure yeah yeah the Grammys um getting to see the the full performance of both the West Bottoms and Union Station together uh it really made our day we really enjoyed getting to watch it um I've read through some of the comments uh, that armies have written and I, I just think it's so wonderful every I, everyone is really supportive of it uh it's really I did not know that you were in a time where the Crescendo Conservatory was I mean it makes sense but the pandemic that you didn't really know where to go from here um and then what inspired you to keep going was this Black Swan performance and then for it to be as successful as it is now and having you know Crescendo Conservatory listed there with it um it's just really wonderful and great and so I hope that all those armies who are watching not only really enjoy the performance but know that they're also supporting a really great uh you know dance 
company. Yeah. Thank you. A mm-hmm. wonderful dance company. You've created a ripple effect around the world, mm-hmm. you know, no, your sweet. passion <laughs> and your, you know, your beautiful students who've worked so hard to learn BTS, learn who they are and become, you know, passionate about them as equally as passionate as you, I'm sure, you know, they are getting their performance on a global stage because of your efforts. Um, and I'm sure that they're forever grateful. One, one note about my, my students, and I'll, I'll tell this little story is that we, were giving previews of of Swan Lake of Swan Lake of, of Black Swan um, before the editing was finished, and um, we I have a lot of Asian American dancers, um, young and old, and because of the pandemic, we socially distanced quite a bit, and so I never bring them together. But this was a special treat, so we all sat in the big studio and we watched. It. We have TVs because we Zoom, um, so we watched it. And one little baby was sitting, you know, sitting up really straight, and she had on a tiara and a pink tutu and a pink leotard. And she was, I thought she was nervous because she was sitting with the big girls. So we let the big girls stand up and we applauded them for dancing in, in, in Black Swan. And they got, got, kind of got to tell the other dancers about their journey and how proud they were to be part of it. Um, and this little bit just didn't blink. She was just so mesmerized by watching the ballet. And she went up to her teacher afterwards and she said, she said, that's BTS. That's my language. Oh my the gosh. big girls danced to a song in my language. I feel so proud today. And, and her instructor told me for the rest of the day, she was just so proud that she was represented in ballet. And I thought, you know, representation matters. And I don't think that ballet needs to be choreographed to only classical music. And, and BTS's Black Swan is a beautiful piece of orchestration that was just crying to be choreographed to in ballet and so you know we let we made that little girl feel feel valid that day and feel that she too can become a ballerina that can dance to BTS's Black Swan and I think that that's a really good thing too and and just to bring representation to the classical arts I think is also very important. You brought a tear to my eye, which yeah, is not an too. easy thing to yeah. do for me. Kayla doesn't cry very easily. I really don't. I mean, that is just beautiful. I love that that girl was impacted in such a way. And again, it's something that would not have happened had you not just thrown yourself into this project and just said, I'm going to do it. No one else is going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, wow. I'm kind of speechless. Yeah, me yeah. too. So... You guys have had massive success with your Black Swan Ballet. I mean, above and beyond what you expected. And now, you know, we found out that you get to perform this for um, the Kansas City Kaufman Center's future stages. Um, And that is just a huge opportunity. Um, So we're just curious, how are you preparing for it? What are you looking forward to most about it? Um. When I headed into the Christmas holiday and I was starting to choreograph Black Swan, I had no expectation for any performances for the spring because we didn't know where the pandemic was going to take us. So I I thought, I'm going to create the performances. I'm not going to wait for anyone to say yes to me. So I submitted Black Swan and and just in writing, no video because we hadn't filmed it yet. Um, And and to festivals thinking if if we're so lucky to have a vaccine and for things to get better, then maybe one person will say yes to us. And so far, everyone has said yes to us. So the Kauffman Center for Performing Arts um, every year holds a, a Future Stages Festival, which highlights young performing artists, the up-and-coming young performing artists in the area. And we've had the privilege of performing on the Merrill Kauffman stage twice. 
Um, so we were in the virtual Future Stages Festival last year. But this year, they gave us two options. If you submitted, you could be in the virtual again, or you could be invited to go to the Coffin Center, um, and they will give you a professional film crew, and you get two hours to produce 20 minutes of dance. And we were very honored to be selected for that. So on the 24th of April, we're going to go to the Coffin and on stage with full lighting. We're going to be able to perform Black Swan. That's going to be our highlighted piece. Um, it will be a different cast, though. Because of the pandemic, I won't be able to bring 47 dancers. I will only have 10 dancers on stage at a time. And that is a problem that I will figure out tomorrow in rehearsal. Oh, I was wondering, because the, your whole ensemble, you know, everybody is, you know, supporting in the wings and on the sides. And so to trim that down to only 10, Right. I don't, I, I'm concerned it won't be as impactful, but we will do the best that we can do. Yeah. Um, I love big group pieces, but we just can't do this. It's an indoor performance the, um, during the pandemic. Um, but we're also going to be actually performing it live outside at a free festival. National Dance Week is um, the week of the 17th. And so on Saturday, the 17th of April, we'll be performing at the Ironwoods Amphitheater in Leewood, Kansas at about between one and, and three o'clock. And we're going to do it with a full cast of 47. Wow. So um, we're really excited. It'll be the first time that um, we will be dancing for the public. And, and the only thing we're doing is Black Swan. I can't wait. We're definitely coming. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely going to go. Yeah. yeah, we cannot wait. Um, I can't wait to see it with the full ensemble and also just to see everybody else's reaction. Um, and just I think your girls deserve so much praise and they deserve they deserve so much to perform it for a live audience. They deserve an audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that BTS has really struggled with is they're doing all these online performances and concerts. And at the end, when they give their ments, it's always we don't have we don't have army with us. We don't have the audience. We can't really feed off of it. It's so, the energy. Yeah, it's the energy. So mm -hmm. I'm sure your your dancers experience the same absolutely. thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, when I would see RM talking and, and and you know through the virtual performances and stuff, I'm like, I I get you. I understand it. Of course, mm -hmm. we're not on the same level, but I totally understand what he was talking about. Yeah. Well, we look forward to to all of the the future performances. I'm sure that with Kaufman, uh, you're persevering woman, so I'm sure you will figure out a way to only have 10 dancers on the stage at once. Uh, so we're looking forward to that and for Iron Woods. So for all of you guys listening, you can find in the description the links to the Crescendo Conservatory Black Swan Ballet performance and Christina's video on the making of the Black Swan Ballet for further details of the creative process that she had for it. Also in the description, you can find her Twitter, which is at Crescendo Dance. They're also on YouTube, which is Crescendo Conservatory. So thank you so much for, for being here me. today with it's, us, Christina. It's, it's been, been fun. Thank you. You are just truly an inspiration Thank we you. feel so lucky to have met you um, and to have even been invited to watch your filming behind the scenes in the first place um, this has been an incredible experience for us so thank you for coming onto our podcast and for you know indulging us in all of your wisdom and passion about bts and black swan well thank you so much for having me this has been fun good <laughs> well we definitely want to extend a special thanks to our supporters on patreon especially our vip iconics eileen ruchal michelle park deja 
Elijah, Meg de Ruggiero, Rachel, and Robin. Um, we love hearing from you guys. So if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to us via email, Instagram, Twitter, um, and let us know what you think. And of course, you can find links for all of those things, as well as our charity of the month and where to find this beautiful Black Swan Ballet video in the description. In the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS.